When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. From UFOs to ghosts and government cover-ups, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. And I am Ben. And today, we're going deep. Yes, we're going deep, literally, figuratively, metaphorically, and I'm sure a couple of Elise that I forgot to mention. Uh, the big question here, to start us off, Matt, is can we be happy underground? Not the Ben Folds song. But the honest question. <laughs> uh, sure. I think we can be happy underground. There are lots of different people who have been happy underground. Sure. You know, we hide in our homes. We build these structures so it feels like we're somewhat underground. Mm-hmm. We yeah. lived in caves. Our humans lived in caves for a very long time yeah. because we need shelter. And what better shelter than the thing that's right beneath you? Mm-hmm. Enclosed. Enclosed. In this episode, we are going to talk about the world beneath your feet. Now, Matt, you and I have, uh, are, are midway through our series this week, which is on catacombs primarily, but then on also other, other ancient hidden things. I think we brought our classics, uh, Crystal Skull episode back. Yeah, Crystal Skulls. It's that's a polarizing episode. Oh yeah, no kidding. Uh people people are mad at us. Uh one of my favorite things about that as a side note um is how many people felt so strongly about the video or that they didn't watch 
that they yes. saw the title and ran directly to the comments to say, you guys are full of BS. These things are not actual alien artifacts, which is pretty much what we say in the video. But, you know, you'd have to watch it. Well, I know. Uh, and I'm and yeah. I'm always like, well, did you see Indiana Jones three, four? I mean, yeah, wow, four. six, four, Crystal eight. Skull. I don't know. Whichever one that came out. <laughs> yeah. With the uh, young reason. Indiana Jones, the uh but but the, all of that aside, um, and you know, I'm, I'm just joshing a little bit with the YouTube commenters. I know people get heated, but all of that aside, it did bring up some really interesting topics that we had touched on before. Now, this is a little bit close to our episode on deep underground military bases, mm-hmm. but it's much bigger. It's more of a grab bag. So first to understand if we can really be happy underground, we have to understand what underground is which means we need a quick recap of earth's structure and luckily it's pretty simple right and thankfully there's this thing called geology that looks at rocks and you know what are we on but one giant rock Mm -hmm. that has a multi-middle so we live all of us you listening right now we live on the surface of the earth and then directly below that surface there's the crust Mm, that's a sexy name oh yeah that crusty crust and ugh, that word comes out of the mouth strangely. It's three to six miles thick, and that's that's underneath the ocean. And then it's around 20 to 40-some, 40 44 miles underneath the surface of the land. And that's that's really thin when you think about it, oh, yeah. um, okay. if you think about how large the Earth actually is. Very thin. So imagine an apple. Okay. It's kind of the skin. Think about the skin and that tiny little layer. That is the crust. Ah, and under the skin in this apple comparison, we have the mushy insides known as the mantle. The mantle is the largest part of Earth, um, Earth structure. It's really, really hot, which might be counterintuitive to some people because, you know, we know that people live in caves for a while because it, it holds a cold temperature better mm-hmm. in an arid environment. But once you get down to where the pressure is increasing, uh, it's a whole different ball game. So the mantle, even though it's hot and it's hot enough that parts of it would melt, uh, it stays solid primarily because the pressure deep inside the planet is too great to permit melting. However, when it does melt, you know, in a plate shifts or something mm-hmm. like that, uh, boom, magma makes its way to the outer crust. Sorry, Pompeii. That's just how it goes. <laughs> so then you keep going down and you get to the core. Now, the core has two different parts. There's there's an inner core and an outer core. The outer one is it's liquid. Uh, I mean, it's the kind of the the magma stuff, but it's just underneath the earth. It's just kind of pressure, super pressure. Yeah. Like Ben was saying with the mantle. And then you've got, if you keep going down uh-huh. all the way, you get to the very center, which is theorized, right? Right. To be solid. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but it's basic. And this thing is crazy hot. It's, it's almost, it's not as hot as the sun. It's almost as hot as the sun, right? Right. And again, according to the estimations, cause no human being that we know of has, uh, gone to the center of the earth, gotten remotely close to it. However, this is interesting because, you know, when we were talking about the hollow earth theories, there were people who said, well, of course the core appears to be as hot as the sun because there is a miniature sun within the core of the earth. Oh yes. Neither you nor I really bought just due, due to what 
we understand about the magnetosphere and uh the the physics involved right mm-hmm. and gravitational pull and stuff it seems very difficult to explain how that could that sort of condition could be true but but a fascinating story fascinating story and it is true that we know diddly about the core of the earth really we we make these guesses you know ah oh, it's really hot that's not tough to guess. And oh, it's maybe it's a nickel alloy of some sort. Oh, you know, hopefully we'll find out. But if we dig in, then we say that, all right, everything that people are doing, as far as the science goes, everything that people are doing inside Earth so far is just going to different areas of the crust. People do live in cave homes, right? People go to ground all the time. They live in caves um, and have, as you mentioned, Matt, for for eons, right? Oh yeah, yeah. They're they're cave homes all over Australia mm-hmm. um, and throughout the world. There are cave homes, uh, ancient right. ancient cave uh, sure. structures where people would live. Whole whole little. They look like cities almost. You've yeah. seen these. Canyon settlements in mm-hmm. the United States, and there there are a lot of reasons that a, pe- a human group would go there. There's temperature regulation. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all kinds of escaping dangerous environments, maybe even dangerous animals, predators. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, safety was a huge issue to for it to have a group move in towards a cave or at least underground. I remember we've seen some um, older settlements, you know, ancient settlements like. Those two that we always mispronounce. Oh, both of us. Gobekli Tepe and uh, Kayal Hyuk is how it's spelled. Yeah, I was just going to let you do that. Oh, uh, but the, the one thing you do have to deal with af- now that you're living basically underneath a large piece of rock or underneath a cave, inside of a cave, and it's the you got to worry, worry about the earth itself. Kind of fighting against you. Oh, right. Yeah. So if there's any kind of earthquakes, uh, shifts. Yeah. Eh, bad news. Right. Absolutely. And this means that, of course, you could be in a cave in if you dig too deep. Uh, hobbit holes are a real thing. Uh, there's the idea of building a house sort of on a hill structure. Mm-hmm. So it's not actually a cave. It's not bedrock. It's just covered with dirt. Um, there are also these ongoing plans to build massive permanent living areas underground. One of the, one of the most science fiction type ones is this mm-hmm. thing called Alice City, which already sounds like it's in anime, right? Uh, in Japan. And it's these two domes and these, uh, shafts that go way deep into the ground. And there are all sorts of plans to try to make it okay to live in there um, because as we're about to see many people love to visit underground but uh, not a lot of people want to live there and that way it's kind of similar to Orlando yeah oh yeah I've been there a couple times I enjoyed I enjoyed my time while I was there briefly right yeah um, so it, and this is the part Matt where during our show somebody's listening right now and um, yes, it's true. We can hear your thoughts just a little bit. We know that you're thinking, hey, people already have these massive underground living complexes. Governments, right? Oh, yeah. Private entities have have something like that. But we're not talking about the doomsday bunkers. Uh, those things are contingency plans. They're not people living in those 24 hours a day right now. We're talking about a commercial thing, an underground city. Um, much more than an apartment complex where you could be born and die 
and never go to the surface world. We're talking about that mole people type stuff, right? That's a great scenario. So, okay, so let's talk a little bit about how deep we've actually gone. We, okay. We, you know, no one's gone too deep into the mantle. Um, but let's just talk about the deepest hole that's ever been dug, oh, okay. dug yeah. Yeah. at least thus far. Yeah. It's, it's called the Cola Super Deep Borehole. And that's, it's where Russia basically reached a depth of seven and a half miles. Huh. And it's the deepest man-made hole on the planet currently. And it's probably going to stay that way for a while, uh, just given the, the crazy temperatures involved with the process of trying to get that deep. What do you and, mean? Well, it's crazy hot, man. <laughs> and think about if you've got boring technology, just a massive metal drill mm-hmm. and you're just going down and down and down. Eventually you're going to hit a point where your equipment's going to just fail and it's not going to be able to function. Uh, um, it's, and then what if you get into kind of the more liquidy uh, molten areas? Oh, where the uh, where the pressure makes the rock behave more like a plastic? Yeah. Uh, and then what do you do? It gets all gunked up on your drill. You're trying to get it out. If you get if you get a little bit out, there's going to be just more fills it in like like you would if you hit a pool of water. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the thing that caught me about this because I remember us talking about this before was one of the most surprising things scientists found other than it, that it's really difficult to drill a hole that deep yeah. <laughs> is that uh, they found signs of ancient life or micro fossils um, in this rock that was 2 billion years old. Uh, these were single celled plants. So plankton basically that freaks me out, man. Yeah, that's, that's intense. Just, you know what? Maybe the world is only six thousand years old, Ben. Oh wait, probably not. Well, you know those rocks might have come from somewhere else. That's what happened. That's <laughs> what happened. We're doing the rock theory, not the wrestling. So this idea that there are signs of life, that there are extremophiles that live under the surface of Earth in these remote, inaccessible areas—all of this naturally makes human beings some of the most narcissistic of Earth's creatures wonder, why don't we live underground right now? Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, Podcast producer? Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 2424. Two four to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile... The ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. 
I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Well, it's because we've evolved to live above ground. Oh, evolution. <laughs> Sorry, but yes. It, it, but truly, it's be, yeah. it's because of that. If you think about your circadian rhythms, mm-hmm. the way your body releases chemicals when it thinks it's time to go to bed, it's directly related with night, uh, which means you're probably on the surface so that during the day when the sun's out, you know, not only are you are you able to use the sun to figure out where the heck you're walking around to, sure. um, but its absence causes the chemicals to release. Now, hey, it's time for bed. Right? Yeah, we're diurnal. That's the uh, that's the fancy word for it, right? And mm-hmm. we um, we also have this weird relationship with this thing called vitamin D, which I'm aware of internet slang. It's not that vitamin mm-hmm. D. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, Reddit. But uh, it it's the actual vitamin that uh, prevents rickets, keeps your immune system pimping strong, and it's also, weirdly enough, the only vitamin that we don't get from food or Flintstones chewables. We actually create vitamin D. Get this, folks. 
through photosynthesis. Yeah, plants like, like plants. No, I think I think you're no, you're wrong. No, uh, well, I'm I'm not the one peddling evolution. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so the thing is that uh, weirdly enough, the ultraviolet radiation coming from sunlight causes this photosynthesis that produces vitamin D in our cells. So no sunlight, no vitamin D, Q rickets. Jeez. And, and that's not the only thing that sunlight kind of allows us to produce. Um, we produce serotonin also through sunlight. Mm-hmm. And without sunlight, we'd basically get that thing that you've heard it before, seasonal affective disorder, where you're just feeling down and uh-huh. depressed and... Oh man, when is, when's the sun coming back? And they say never, we're north of the Arctic Circle. Oh gosh, and then you're like, oh man, I can't sleep. Right. I can't sleep at all. Let me just point out, um, for anyone who didn't catch that or hasn't heard of this, Matt, what was the name of that disorder again? Seasonal Affective Disorder. Which makes the acronym Sad. <laughs> Which I still think is funny. So it's it's just a note on this one. You've probably seen this before too, Matt, where they've, they've got these programs in some um, northern countries, countries that are closer and closer to the Arctic Circle, where they expose children to ultraviolet light, right? Um, yeah. These are school kids, and they're being exposed to that UV light we talked about earlier to help with the assistance of vitamin D and serotonin and to prevent them from coming becoming SAD, uh, acquiring SAD. <laughs> acquiring SAD. Acquiring SAD. I'm sorry. I know we're making light of it, but it's a real thing. It, it is. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's pretty serious. It it can lead to you to bad things yeah, internally. It is no joke. Yeah. Um. So okay, Ben, we need sunlight. Right. We've we've we figured that out. What else do we need? Oh, uh, we need air. Oh yeah, that's that's important. Got to be able to breathe. Got to be able to send oxygen to all of your cells. Mm-hmm. So. Most humans have evolved. Oh, here we go. (laughs) I'm just going to go with this. So most of us, I'm using the word again, have evolved to accept the mixture of a couple of different things in the air. You got nitrogen, Mm. you got oxygen, argon even, and CO2. And at sea level, the atmospheric pressure, uh, it's that's where we need it. We need it to be at the pressure of sea level or, you know, in a varying range. That's the sweet spot we evolved to. Exactly. Okay. Uh, yeah. And that's, you know, not counting Tibetans and Andeans who over um, multiple generations living in these high altitude places, they got a little weird with it and they are better at um, getting oxygen from a thin environment. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So in general, We've evolved to live in this area on the land, breathing just the the tap water version of air. Yeah, right. So, what happens? Uh, what What does this have to do with us being underground? Well, it's atmospheric pressure, so it's the opposite of going way up into the Andean mountains, right? So, if you go deep, deep into the ground, the pressure is going to increase uh. like crazy, and so if you spend too much time, you know, too far below sea level, it makes the components of the air separate from our blood. And this is a thing that, you, that you've probably heard before called the bends, where if you're diving deep um, under the ocean uh-huh. and you can't come up very fast, because if you do, all of the 
all of the molecules separate. So you would have to, you, that's why you have to decompress, right? You have to go up more slowly. You will, you go up really slowly. Then usually you have to spend time in a decompression chamber just to make sure everything wow. stays the way it should. And, uh, miners have to do the same decompression staging too, right? If they go too deep. Oh yeah. Okay. So here's the, here's the next question I have then. Um, for you, Matt, and for everybody listening, will we eventually have to live underground evolutionarily, uh, disadvantaged as we may be for that? Oh man, you're going to make me bring up another subject that everyone gets really happy about or really mad about. What's that? Climate change. Uh, uh yes. depending on what happens on the surface of the earth, we may be forced to at least spend some more time underground. And we've got all kinds of technologies now that can assist us in living underground. Sure. Um, it won't be easy though. You know, in Alice City, they were talking about simulating weather patterns, you know, so would it be easier to always live underground if you felt that there was a window, which you know is fake intellectually, but this window shows you sunlight and nighttime Whoa. and rain on the glass. Wow. I think it would make things easier, but, um, that'd be cool if you could program it, mm-hmm. program your own room or oh, your, nice. maybe your level or something. Bit of a hollow deck. Oh man. One day, one day. So billions of people are spreading across the planet, right? And space is already at a ridiculous premium in some places, um, San Francisco, I think, is one of the most expensive in the United States, but that has nothing on Hong Kong, nothing on Tokyo. These are incredibly, incredibly dense areas. So people have started building up and down because you can't build out anymore. Horizontal don't work. <laughs> um, so there are all kinds of people who have proposed these ideas of massive underground cities, but honestly... At this point, the closest thing we've got are the, the dumbs that we mm-hmm. talked about, the deep underground military bases and, you know, bunkers that some people have made. There are a couple of missile silos that are being changed into, uh, you know, uh, in case S hits the fan. Right. Yeah. Scenarios. They're, they're like really nice vertical mansions. Um, you can find, you can find these occasionally for sale on the internet. Um, dude, th- and if I, if I hit the lottery or something, yeah. Guess what? This guy's getting one of those. Can I? Can I rent a spot from? Oh you? yeah, I, everybody gets to join. If you know me, we're going. You just made a lot of friends. That's buddy, okay. On we're the show. we're gonna start a whole new world together, deep underground. So if we do start this whole new world together, deep underground, then it's more of a comeback than it is an innovation because we have. Delved into Earth forever. And that brings us to something a little bit different. We'll talk about one of our ancient Earth delving experiments, the catacomb. So what is a catacomb? Well, a catacomb is, it can really be described as any underground passageway that was, you could say it was typically used for burial. In the uh, beginning. In the beginning, at least. But now there are a lot of things described as catacombs that aren't you know, in my head, I wouldn't have viewed them as catacombs back in the day. Oh, yeah, because they are really old. Like the first places that we know of that were called catacombs were these underground tombs in uh, the Appian Way in, in the Empire of Rome. And that's um that's something I think we mentioned in our vlog. Right? Mm-hmm. And the Appian Way is really interesting. I was watching a Rick Steves. I, n- I know he's a competitor. I guess in some weird way with us, but Rick Steves with his, I think his PBS show. Yeah, Rick Steves is awesome. I, oh, would, I would have him on our show. Dude, I, 
I really enjoy his show. But anyway, he did a whole thing on the catacombs in Rome in the Appian Way, and I put a tiny little clip in there, and I watched the whole thing. It was awesome. I would <laughs> highly recommend you watching it. And uh, this, the that part's the the part in the Appian Way is uh, so old that it has uh, been rumored the apostles Paul and Peter were buried in there. Yeah, that's. I mean. That goes all the way back to the common era, like early days of the common era. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's old. <laughs> now, by the 1800s, I think that's when that shift occurred that you and I were talking about where uh, the word catacomb could refer to any structure mm-hmm. that was underground and held the dead in mass graves. And this was more um, this this enlargement of the term was something that we find happens pretty often just yeah. in English. Yeah, and and you'll find these catacombs all over the world. Oh, yeah. But probably the one you've heard of the most are the catacombs in Paris. Mm-hmm. We've had a couple of people talk to us about visiting the catacombs ah, in Paris. Ah, yes. Our, um, we actually, we need to thank, give a, a big thanks to our listener, Heather S., who wrote to us with a fantastic uh very dense, like email yes. with all these facts and then set up, uh, set up some pictures that we could use and stuff. So thank you very much, Heather. That was really, really cool. Um, and I think we wrote back thanking her. Oh yeah. And I will be making use of some of those images in, mm-hmm. in the video coming up this week. That's a, that's an official special thanks that we should probably have show up in the video. Yeah. You're right. Act surprised though. I wish we could show you a sign right now that just said, thanks, Heather, but <laughs> we can't do it. I don't know how to get that information to you. If only everybody had synesthesia. <laughs> oh, you know what I, I mean? Uh, uh, anyway, yes. So back to catacombs. Um, I think as we alluded to earlier, uh, most catacombs have been used for multiple things, right? Mm-hmm. It's not all just mass graves, but... That's, that's sort of the main thing. Yeah, and well, after once a catacomb has been around for a while, if it ever goes into disuse or maybe there aren't a lot of there's not a lot of foot traffic in there anymore. Yeah, you'll find people like squatters mm-hmm. hanging out there. Yeah, um, you'll even find this is my favorite underground political movements, uh, like gatherings of rebels would ah, use a catacomb because it's one of the most secret places you could go and meet. If you didn't want anybody on the surface knowing what's going on. <laughs> if you don't want the guys on the surface getting, uh, <laughs> getting a little too, uh, too keen on your business. Uh, which, what's weird is that this sort of, this sort of structure offers such an enormous opportunity as a hideout that mm-hmm. there were times, you know, during World War II when f- the French resistance was working on stuff during one part of the war or in one area of the city of Paris. And then the Nazis also had their catacomb base. Yep. Uh, it's clear, you know, we had some tough times trying to find some information on squatter communities in the catacombs currently around the world. Mm-hmm. But I would say almost certainly, especially in very dense, expensive cities, they're almost certainly squatters. Oh, yeah. If you look at a city like New York that has such an extensive underground part to it, Mm -hmm. there are subway system. Yeah, there there were areas. I don't know. Oh man, what the heck was it called? New York's abandoned subway station. There were, geez, there was a great documentary 
that I saw on Netflix ages ago about this one abandoned subway station that was being yep. used. And it was basically a whole city of people living in there. Oh, yeah. And it, they all got kicked out for some reason. But, man, it was awesome. Dark Days, I think, maybe, something like that. I don't know. That's absolutely right, Matt. And uh listeners, ladies and gentlemen, we know that some of you may be listening to this show under the influence of chemicals. If you are, we don't want you to be freaked out by thinking of the invisible world that runs beneath your feet. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, temp to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop. Podcast producer? Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 2424. Two four to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile... The ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Think of the forgotten subway stations. Think of the underground bunkers. The next time you're in a crowded city and you walk by one of those grates, look down. How far do you think it goes? And where do you think it goes? Uh, oh, but, God. Yeah, but don't worry. Don't worry about that. To, uh, to bring it the... Yeah, don't, don't worry yeah, about yeah, any don't of that. That's uh, fine. Pay no attention <laughs> to the people behind the sewer grate. Uh, uh. Yeah, that makes me think of Pennywise. Dude, okay, before we move on, I know we're yeah. moving on. Yeah. I, I just I want to say how excited I am. Uh, E3 was going on, or maybe it's still going on. It, mm. I was watching videos from it. Did you see the new Assassin's Creed? No, I have not. The new Assassin's Creed is based around the French Revolution in Paris, uh-huh. and I cannot wait to see if they make use of any of the catacombs or, I don't know, maybe, ah, okay. eat, well, just that, let alone the catacombs, just that time period. I'm so excited to play it. And everybody knows I'm a huge gamer. And <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's great. Oh, one thing also that we should mention, I hope they do make use of the catacombs. One thing we should mention is that catacombs in the, in the world, the way that we're talking now, using, of course, that enlarged definition, which includes things which are not necessarily from the Roman Empire, uh, boy, that's a heck of a run on sentence. Colon, point being, colon, uh, these catacombs are surprisingly accessible, at least small parts of them. You can easily visit as a tourist as long as you stay within the areas that the authorities have marked as safe. Their mm-hmm. primary concerns, of course, being things like cave-ins, because a lot of these are very old. Mm-hmm. Safety concerns about unexpected drops. Uh, um, you know, satanic cult areas, they don't want you to go find right, those. Right, that's the question, yeah. Safety? Is it safety? What else is, what else is out there, you know? Um, I'm sorry, I was just joking. I, oh. If okay. it, hopefully no one was taking me seriously. Oh, yeah, I was, uh. Cause there, uh, there wouldn't also, be any. I was also joking. Anywhere, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. We'll yeah. move on. <laughs> uh, so, but let's bracket catacombs for a second, cause we do need to go back to that exploration. Okay, Ben, are you referring to the Hollow Earth exploration? You know, I, Love that you brought this up. This has been one of my favorite conspiracy theories since the very beginning of our show, Matt. Just lay it on me, man. Hollow Earth, what's up? What's going on? Well, there's so many different parts to it. I guess we'll start with there were some explorations by the Nazis to Antarctica. Ah, yes, to found New Schwabia. 
Yes, to found New Schwabia because, you know, it's more land. We're, we're an empire of sorts. We need to control as much as we can. Well, here's, nobody's over here. Let's, we might as well take that yeah, piece. Yeah. Uh, but there could have been more to it than that. What if they thought that there was some sort of entrance into the earth that led to the whole other underside of the earth mm. where there's um, a whole nother race of humanoids, human beings of sorts. Right. Which are, are somehow acceptable and cool to the incredibly racist Nazis. Yeah. Well, just gonna, just gonna <laughs> yeah. point that out. That always bugged me. <gasps> they just welcome them in with a salute and sure. Yeah. Ooh. They, maybe they were just waving, but levity aside that, that is one of the, the biggest conspiracy theories. And that's one we tackled in one of our very, very early episodes. Um, and the hollow earth is this group of conspiracy theories, some of which say that the world is completely hollow and there's a hidden universe or excuse me, a hidden civilization. Mm-hmm. Or a whole another earth, essentially just yeah. the inverse. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Another, uh, an inverse version of earth. And aside from all of the scientific reasons that that seems impossible. Yeah. Aside from all of that, Right, yeah, uh, which we, I think we do list in our episode on that. There's, there's this weird thing that, um, we, there, there are these weird things that we stumble on that could be the grains of truth, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, that later become the basis of these theories. So it is true, as you say, that Germany did, uh, intend to found a place called New Schwabia on Antarctica. Um, whether or not that would have been a wise decision is is anybody's guess just because of how inhospitable it is to live in Antarctica. Yeah, even with technology today, it's extremely dif- difficult to maintain bases mm-hmm. there. There yeah. are, only, I think, there are only a handful. Yeah, uh, and their research stations. Yeah, right? um, you can travel to Antarctica on tour which is something that I wanted to do for a while. Funny story, Matt, when you and I were uh first doing that episode, remember we found the we found this group of guys on the internet who were getting ready to take an expedition to Antarctica to find whether or not there was an entrance into um they didn't say a hollow earth necessarily. They said more like a a large cave system mm-hmm. where something might be living. And, um, yes, sign me up. I want to watch. I want to go. I'll take a camera. Let's Mm -hmm. do it. Yeah. I sent an application in, but got no response. So I, I checked before we went on air and I couldn't find any updates on it. But, um, what's, what's weird about that is that that leads us to all of the stuff we don't know about the surface, which is why when we hear people talking about, you know, secret, underground, even cities and stuff like that, we can say probably not, but we can't completely say no way. I mean, it just, just with, okay, just with, um, one of the longest known cave systems, mammoth cave system in Kentucky. We don't really know what goes on in mammoth cave system. We know it's big and we know it spreads out way further than it should. Yeah. Well, I, I love that there are, technolo- there are technologies now that we can use to begin mapping that stuff. Yeah, yeah. You've seen the little drone guys, little miniature drones little that can- cave drones? Yeah, man. <laughs> it's so cool. It it 
feels to me like I don't know how many of you are been. Uh, did you see Prometheus? Yes. The little little drones they send out that go down the systems. Yeah. We're getting. We're not there, but we're getting close to there. Right. We do. We do have more and more technology that allows us to explore things. Um, in a much safer way mm-hmm. than we would have been able to previously. But even to go back to our discussion about catacombs and, and mines and stuff in Odessa, that's one of the world's largest structures of this sort. They have an entire thing, uh, entire network of tunnels and caverns, uh, that are, you know, uh, roped off to the public, for lack of a better word. That's K29. And no one is sure yet. Uh, in the absence of one of these cave drones, exactly how far K29 goes or where it goes. And is about, it naturally occurring or is it um, man-made? Most, uh, the vast majority of this is man-made. Whoa. They may have perhaps found, uh, you know, some natural caves, but I don't think so. I think these are all man-made. So whomever made them forgot or died because it's a, you know, it's mining. So about once every five years, uh, some unlucky tour guide or cataphile uh, finds another body because people it's so big that people get lost. And it's the the Parisian catacombs are really nice in that they have these signs that tell you where you're mm-hmm. at, you know, uh, not so in Odessa. It's just a long dark. Somebody needs to get on that. Start mapping it out. Right. Send and, some drones. <clears throat> there are even places in Vietnam Mm-hmm. The Son Dung Cave. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's another one of the largest cave systems in the world. It's five and a half miles long. Wow. And it's crazy. There's a inside of it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Get this. Yeah. There's a jungle. Oh, in the part of it that's like open yeah. air, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's also, uh, you know, you've got a river inside of it as well. Because oh. you know, as we know, a lot of the cave systems were formed by water. It would make sense, but this one has a nice big river. And this is crazy. You could fit a 40-story skyscraper inside of this thing. Oh, like vertically or horizontally? Uh, well, I would do it kind of on its, on an angle. That's the best way I would do it. it yeah. To get yeah. it in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's, that's interesting. So we have these, these are just a few examples of a fact that will disturb some people and excite others. Um, Listeners, if you remember, in the old days of exploration, cartographers would often put uh, here be serpents or terra incognita for monsters, the unknown stuff at the edge of the map. Exactly. That unknown stuff still exists. There really are edges of maps with no end or no knowable end. And uh, some of them are in these gigantic cave systems, uh, which makes it just possible enough that we could say there's something there that we don't know about or something, uh, you know, I'd be very surprised if there was something they don't want you to know, but um, maybe, maybe there is a, it's, there's probably not. I'm going to say that there's probably not uh, some, some big secret, but if there is uh, it would be on the edges of those maps. Yeah. And we know that it's worth learning because as recently as 2012, scientists were discovering new forms of life within caves. So after a certain point, we really don't have an, an idea what's down there, you know? And so uh, here is to encouraging young people 
to explore caves and become scientists. Yeah, go cave diving. I mean, come back, but yeah, go. yeah, sure, sure. Cave diving is an incredibly dangerous pursuit, uh, but underwater caves, of course, are even more enigmatic in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, again, the, I guess the, the emphasis here is that all the evidence we are finding does not tell us the earth is hollow, but all the evidence we are finding also tells us that there is a lot more underneath our feet than, than we're aware of yet. That's right. So what do you think? Are there any places near you that are maybe not as explored underground places? Uh, go ahead and write to us on Facebook. We're Conspiracy Stuff there. We are at Conspiracy Stuff on Twitter. Um, really, just just talk to us. If you have anything you want us to cover in the future, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. We get our best stuff from you guys. So uh, please let us know. And if you don't want to you know, go through Twitter or Facebook, you can go ahead and send an email to us. We are Conspiracy at HowStuffWorks.com. more on this topic and other unexplained phenomena, visit testtube.com slash conspiracy stuff. You can also get in touch on Twitter at the handle at conspiracy stuff. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.